supraorbital craniotomy through the eyebrow incision is quite effective for reaching lesions along the anterior skull base and paracellar areas. I'm going to use the case of one of my patients, a 52-year-old male who presented with severe headaches, but no evidence of hemorrhage on CT or lumbar puncture. However, on uh, CT angiogram was noted to have questionable vascular abnormality along the anterior skull base and a subsequent angiogram demonstrated an early draining vein as you can see at the tip of my arrow most consistent with an ethmoidal arteriovenous uh, fistula. The 3D angiogram here can also elucidate this early draining vein along the anterior aspect of the falks because of the evidence of early uh, cortical venous drainage, the risk of intracranial hemorrhage was noted to be significant and therefore this patient underwent disconnection of his fistula. This small lesion along the anterior falx is quite ideal for an eyebrow incision. The patient is placed in the supine position in a skull clamp. The incision for the eyebrow is just above the eyebrow, as you can see, not within the eyebrow as uh, coagulation of the follicles in the subcutaneous space during the incision can cause alopecia if the incision is made directly in the eyebrow. Also, the supraorbital notch is identified and the incision is placed just lateral to the notch. The incision is extended just slightly more laterally. This slight extension of the incision provides ample amount of space for the a keyhole for placement of the burr hole. It is quite uh, cosmetically acceptable as well. The head is turned approximately 45 degrees or slightly more in this case because we're trying to reach the anterior midline. The incision is completed just above the eyebrow. Electrocoagulation within the Subcutaneous space is minimized as much as possible. A Colorado needle on the bovi electrocautery is used to avoid aggressive coagulation of the subcutaneous structures. An incision extended all the way to the bone and the precranium, which joins the preorbita just around the rim, is also disconnected. The supraorbital nerve is identified, released, and obviously protected. The nerve has to be unroofed so it can be released. Every few millimeter of incision here is quite important for extending reach of the craniotomy. The superior temporal line is illustrated here. Here is the handling of the fat pad. The frontalis branches of the facial nerve are most likely coursing in this direction and therefore I cut the soft tissues anterior to them. Here's the area of the keyhole, here's the frontal process of zygoma. Most likely these are some of the branches of the frontalis nerve that uh, are being protected. Dissection is kept just anterior to that. And here is the reflection of the fat pad posteriorly and also unveiling of the keyhole for placement 
of the initial bear hole. Elamordrin was used in this case to decompress the dura. However, the initial bear hole caused a small tear in the dura. The craniotomy here does not require removal of the orbital rim as we're directing our attention intradurally more medially and the lesion is very anterior therefore the rim was not removed as the lesion was not along the paracellar area. Small supraorbital craniotomy is elevated After elevation of the bone flap, you can appreciate the exposure. You can see various number of fish hooks that mobilize the scalp as much as possible. Here is elevation of the frontal lobe gently. Stealth was used to identify the location of the fistula using CT angiogram. Dynamic retraction is necessary now to expose the medial aspect of falks, which should be just about here. You can see the arterialized draining vein as well as some of the fistula within the falks. I'm going to go ahead and disconnect the vein here that most likely is arterialized and also coagulate some of the feeders within the falks. Here is another vein that was suspicious, slightly more anteriorly and inferiorly that was disconnected. Here is an artery within the falks, which is most likely part of the fistula. The postoperative angiogram revealed no further residual early draining vein, and this patient was discharged on the first postoperative day without any complications or discomfort, often associated with a craniotomy due to disconnection of the temporalis muscle. Thank you.